Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or rewatching once a week. If this is the first episode of mine that you stumble upon and you enjoy it, please feel free to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review, share with a friend. If you're listening to this on YouTube, whenever it goes live there in a couple weeks, maybe like a month, I don't know, please feel free to like and subscribe, do all that good stuff. Just whatever platform you're listening to this on, Please make sure, if you enjoy it, follow me so you can get notifications for future episodes and all that good stuff. Thank you very much for listening. It means a lot. Happy 2024. This is the first episode of the new year. My last episode, 2023, came out on December 31st. And now we're in 2024, which is crazy. A few housekeeping organizational things out of the way before I jump in. My like publish date for the last year has been Friday. Like I, I typically release on Fridays, but the last two months or so, like I've I've mostly been releasing on Saturdays or Sundays. And that was just because I was recording later. But then I started recording on my regular day and I still like wasn't editing it fast enough because I'm just spending more time in the editing. I think when I transitioned to audio only, I kind of edited a lot less, but I'm trying to fix that. I'm trying to just make like I've just been spending a lot more time with the editing process so even when I record on my regular day which was a Thursday it like it's been taking me longer to edit so I just from now on plan to release either Saturday or Sundays going forward no more Fridays just to give myself some room and I'm not saying Saturday or Sunday because it really depends on the length of the episode and just other stuff I have going on. I have a full-time job. This is just a hobby. So Saturday and Sundays is what I'm aiming for. But I just, I did want to get that out of the way in case you're listening to this and you're like, when did you stop uploading on Fridays? It wasn't a, a choice originally, but now I'm going to make it just something going forward to give myself some more grace and some more time because I think my quote unquote weekends are Wednesdays and Thursdays. And so I was recording and editing all on Thursdays to get it out Friday. And it was just like kind of stressful to spend, like it, it's just easier to not be so like stressed about getting it out the next day because I think sometimes I will get just so anxious about like I have to spend so many hours in one day doing it just spacing it out because I feel like I am spending a little bit more time editing but honestly I'm not spending like a ton more time editing I am just not doing it all at once and like I'm giving myself some time so I can do like a couple hours one day and then like before work and then a couple hours the next day after work. So I'm not like just spending all of my free time on a work day or like a good amount of my free time on one of my off days just on the podcast, just because it it's better for me this way. So that is what I've been doing. That is the plan going forward. So this episode will probably be out on Sunday because I'm recording it on a Friday. But when I record on Thursdays, probably it'll, it'll be out Saturday. And maybe occasionally if the episode's kind of short and I don't have a lot going on on a Thursday and I recorded earlier, like, you know, maybe I'll get an episode out on a Friday every once in a while. But this way it's just easier for me, more enjoyable. I'm trying to make this podcast as much like at the end of the day, this podcast is for fun. And I think taking steps to make it just as fun 
and enjoyable as possible and not feel like stressful is the goal because I feel like if I'm having more fun doing it, then the product itself will be good. I also, I'm recording this on Friday because I spent like a, a, lo- a good amount of time yesterday working on a YouTube version of my Yellow Jacket season one deep dive because I'm uploading my my old episodes to YouTube until I've caught up and then I'll, I'll do it all together once I've caught up. But for the deep dives, I wanted to add some kind of visuals. So I, I was working on that yesterday and time got uh, away from me. So I just didn't end up recording yesterday like I had originally planned. And that's okay. This episode is probably gonna be on the shorter side just because I don't have many notes and I don't have, I don't have a lot of shows I wanna particularly talk about in like a structured manner. I'm just kinda gonna talk about the shows I've been watching in the last week and my thoughts on the episode storyline, stuff like that. So it's kind of gonna be all over the place. Not a very structured episode, just kind of, stuff that's been going on in my head. So chapters will be in the description. So if you don't care about one of the shows I'm talking about, you can skip ahead. Yeah, so probably, you know what's funny? I feel like every time I say it probably won't be that long. It's like a normal length episode, but I actually don't think this one will be that long because I actually don't have that many shows to talk about. So so I just don't anticipate this being that long. I'm gonna try to record for like an hour so I can at least get like, 50 minutes 45 minutes even if I cut stuff out but that is the goal for now hopefully you know what if this episode is like 30 minutes long I still got an episode out and that's that's what matters I'm trying to just reduce the pressure on the podcast because I think we live in this era or at least I feel this way maybe like I'm not trying to be like we as a society but I feel this like insane amount of pressure for everything I do to be something that is like somehow profitable and you know like I like I don't know it really gets to me sometimes connecting like productivity and like my financial situation to like my worth and like I'm like I'm spending all this time on something that's not going anywhere and I'm having fun with it and it's like this weird thing so I just like have been putting so much pressure on this podcast because I'm like it's a failure because it's in no way something I'm making money off of. And I th- like I think I didn't start it to make money. Like I started it because I needed a creative outlet and it's been really great. Like, I don't know. I just, I get in my head and I'm putting all this pressure on myself for the podcast. And my sister wrote into Game of Roses, who I love. They're my favorite Bachelor podcast ever. Like big inspirations for me in terms of starting a podcast. I think Pace Case, Liz- Liz- Lizzie Pace has said that she thinks that everybody has like one good podcast in them and that really like I don't know they've just been big inspirations to me because I feel like the conversation around podcasts a good amount of the time is like everybody has a podcast like you have a podcast that means you're unemployed like everybody wants like you know I feel like some of the conversations about starting a podcast can be very pessimistic and negative and like the podcast space is oversaturated and you're gonna fail and what's the point and like all of these things that I feel like are part of my internal dialogue is not just something that I pulled out of nowhere like it's it, it's stuff I've heard that then I'm like what is the point of having a podcast like it's oversaturated I'm not gonna make any money out of it everybody wants to be an influencer these days like you know like I get in my head but my sister like they were doing a, a um an advice segment on their patreon 
And my sister like sent in a little voice memo and she was like, what advice do you have for somebody who's starting a podcast? My sister has a podcast, which is very, very sweet of her. She like told me she was going to do that. And I was like, really don't have to. She's like, no, I mean, I'm doing it. And it was, their advice was really great. And something that, that has really stuck out to me is that they were like, just have fun. So I, I'm just going to have fun. Like that is my goal with this podcast every day or every week when I record an episode, I just want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy talking into this. I want to enjoy editing it. And I think that is my goal for the podcast this year is to take as many steps to make it a fun thing because it is 90% of the time. But there's that 10% where my inner critic and my inner dialogue like really prevents me from just having fun. And I'm just not going to do that anymore. Like I'm not, I mean, nobody's perfect. There might, but I'm, I'm going to try to reduce that kind of feeling as much as I can and have as much fun as I can. And so these steps that I'm taking of like spacing out the editing. So I'm not just recording and editing a podcast all in one night, not putting pressure on myself to make an episode like a certain length, like just none of that. I'm not going to put pressure on myself. I'm going to record and edit and if I get something out that week and I enjoy doing it then it was a success like that is the 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 attitude I'm going into this year around this podcast and I'm obviously like still going to try to grow it I'm still going to try to promote it I'm still like going to do all those things part of the reason I'm editing a YouTube video right now for my yellow jacket steep dive is because I feel like YouTube the algorithm is a, like a little bit easier for me to understand at least like I, I feel like I get like I, I don't know how to promote a podcast like do pe- I don't know how people find podcasts on like podcasting apps because every podcast that I've found has been either through YouTube or like like cross promotion so like I don't I don't know how that happens you know or like clips and stuff like that so that's kind of I am gonna try to do that that's what I'm doing with the yellow jackets video it is gonna be I found through editing it that I thought it would that I would be able to have it be more visual but I feel like there's a lot of my commentary and I'm like I don't know what visual to have while I'm just giving my opinion on like the scene I just described so I have a graphic that I'm gonna put that's just like my logo with like a little title card or whatever to have when I'm just discussing because I feel like when people have you visual podcasts where it's like a video they'll just it's them talking into a microphone and then they'll show assets sometimes but there's a pretty like stagnant you know image so that's kind of what I'm doing but just I'm not there it's just like my logo I hope that that's still fine and appealing to people and just gets them to watch the video but I am working on that right now and it's been fun um anyways I didn't mean to go on this big tangent but I guess with the new year comes reflection and goals and all that kind of stuff and I I did just want to talk about that I wanted to talk about kind of the perspective I'm trying to go into every podcast episode with and hopefully the changes show hopefully the spending more time with the editing it will make a better product not just because it's less stressful for me but also because the more time I spend with it and the less stressed I am about like I need to get it out by this time it just is gonna be better because I'm enjoying it and I'm not like staying up like four hours in a night to get it out by the next like noon you know like it's just an unnecessary stress that I'm putting on myself for a hobby that I obviously love and like it means a lot to me and it's a creative outlet but 
which I, I think, you know, most good hobbies are. But I was just putting all this pressure on myself that I'm like, I'm not having fun with it. I mean, I am having fun with it, but I'm like, overwhelmingly, I was still having fun with the podcast, but I was putting all of these barriers for myself that was like stopping me from having fun that I like, I didn't need to put on myself, like all these unnecessary pressures and expectations that was just making it more stressful that I was self-imposing, like it was self-imposed. So I am removing those. I'm coming into it with a new attitude and I'm going to release something every week, whether it's 30 minutes long 45 minutes maybe two hours like I don't really know I think the recording for an hour and then like also adds to the stress like I'm just gonna record and then once I feel like I've said everything that I want to say I'm gonna be done and that's gonna be it and I'm still gonna have like longer videos my yellow jackets videos are like three hours long and stuff like that when I do deep dives but some weeks are just gonna be me popping on and sharing some thoughts about like a couple shows I've been watching and that's it and that's okay because this is just a place for me to express myself. So that is my goal for the podcast going forward. I hope you enjoy it. I hope like at the end of the day, I do have organized, structured episodes, but mostly this is just a place for me to, you know, yap as the the youth say nowadays (laughs) or whatever. That was so stupid, but like it is just a place for me to yap. I, I am a Gemini, so I do like to talk. Like I do like to talk. But anyways, moving on, to the first show that I want to talk about is Suits. I've been watching Suits and I talked about this in my 2023 in review episode that I started watching Suits. And I said in that video, I talked about my foster kid in Henry who I was vacation fostering and how sad I was about him and that I like that vacation fostering and then giving him back to his foster mom was really difficult for me because it was like really sudden and I got used to with fostering like knowing who adopts them. I don't know. It was really hard for me. And like, I'm still like, I still miss him. Like he was such a sweet little guy. But anyways, all that to say that I, I, I said that I had to take a pause from watching Suits because I watched the show with Henry and it was like making me sad. And I will be, I'm happy to announce that I started watching Suits again. I honestly, I didn't take that long of a break. It was like three days or something. And it, it still made me sad, but I think I'm, I'm enjoying Suits so much that it's like fine. Like I'm not really... I'm not really like unable to watch it anymore. (laughs) I mean, not that I was really unable to watch it or anything. Like it was just making me a little sad, but I started watching it again. And like the enjoyment I had overpowered the reminders of my foster kid. And I also just realized that like a lot of things were reminding me of him because I was just thinking about him a lot, but I'm okay. He's okay too. His foster mom like sent me updates. He's, he's doing fine. Like nothing's wrong with him. I just was like I the thing is I I feel like I knew logically that I wasn't going to foster him that much longer but I I hadn't emotionally prepared for it I guess it was just a hard moment for me but anyways I didn't start watching Suits again and I really like it I'm halfway through season three I liked it almost instantly like I, I genuinely liked it from the beginning I I like the characters I like the general structure of the show I I obviously like Mike like love Mike Ross. I think he makes sense as the protagonist. I think he he makes a lot of sense as the protagonist like that brings us into this world. I feel like that's a pretty common trope type. I don't know if trope is the right word, but it's a pretty common theme you see in TV shows where like 
the show begins with like a new addition to an existing environment. Not always. Sometimes you are welcomed into an environment and something is changing about the environment. But I feel like it's not uncommon for like it to be like a workplace and there's like a new employee or something. And that's how the show begins. You know, the the inciting, not the inciting action, but like the beginning of a story. And Mike Ross is that character and he's great. I think he's such a interesting, obviously, addition because he's not just like some lawyer he is not a lawyer but he knows a lot about like he he's just such a great character the acting is really good in the show the writing's really good like the storylines are great i really recommend suits like i feel like suits has had kind of a like resurgence and i understand why like it's a very captivating show it genuinely is like it's really interesting to watch the storylines are good all of the characters are good like there aren't any characters that I'm like, like, even if I don't like them, I feel like they're well done, they're well acted, they're well written. It, it's, it's a very good show. I understand why it lasted as long as it did. And I love Meghan Markle's character. Like, she's great. She's great. I had never seen her in anything. Maybe like a guest starring thing here and there, but she didn't have many lines. I don't even remember, but I feel like I might have seen her in some guest star appearance that she did before Suits. But it's not the same as like watching somebody fully flesh out a character and like the ups and the downs and the development and all that. So she's really good. I like all of the actors. I, I feel like I haven't really seen any of the actors in anything besides Suits either, except for like one-off appearances. The guy who plays Harvey, the only thing I've ever seen him in is that movie called Because I Said So that Mandy Morse in where her mother is like... <laughs> Mandy Moore's mother really wants to set her up on a date or something so but like she doesn't want her to know that she's setting her daughter up on a date she yeah she doesn't want her daughter to know that she's setting her up on a date so she puts out like an ad and she's interviewing a bunch of people and then a guy who's working at the restaurant either he's a piano player or he's a waiter I don't know he's working at the restaurant he like or maybe he's just there I don't remember I haven't seen this movie in years but this guy who happens to be in the place where she's conducting the interviews like figures it out and hears about where she works and then he goes to meet her himself and they start dating and and I really liked him in that movie (laughs) he had a son I think yeah he had a son and he was just he he, great in that like I fond fond memories of him but besides him and then like no I like yeah besides him I really hadn't seen any of the other actors in anything I know Patrick J. Adams, he, I I saw him guest star in Pretty Little Liars, obviously, but that wasn't, again, that wasn't like anything that important, which funny story about that, that guest star appearance. Apparently him and Troyan, who plays Spencer, they, they were like dating already at that point, but they were like in a fight or on a break or something. (laughs) So he, he, he booked that role, which he wouldn't have typically booked like a guest star appearance so they could be on the set together. And they're they're happily married now with kids. So I I like them. I always, like, I liked them as a couple. They seemed cute as a couple, but I hadn't really seen him in anything. And honestly, I haven't really seen Troyan in much besides Pretty Little Liars, but I really like her. I loved her in Pretty Little Liars. Like, she was amazing in Pretty Little Liars. But anyways, (laughs) back to Suits. I... I feel like I wasn't really familiar with any of the actors very much, which I, I think is good. Not always, because I think 
depending on the like phase, the age, the the role. Like it's not always watching the same actor play something. I, I think good actors are able to obviously not make you feel like you're watching like one character, like watching the same character over and over again. But I also just feel like there's a level of familiarity where even if the actor is good and the characters are not similar, I will still be like, oh my god, they were that person in this. And it's kind of nice that I really don't have that with anybody. Like, there are a few moments where Harvey is very different than, than that character whose name I don't remember from that movie he was in. So I'm, I'm never like, oh my god, he's like... But there are a few moments where he like has like a sweet moment where I'm like, oh, it's like that movie... <laughs> So it's kind of nice that I don't have much like knowledge going into the show about any of the actors, really. There is the actress who plays Scotty. I just, She was on How I Met Your Mother, but she she was there for one episode and she played a character called Blah Blah because Ted Mosby couldn't even remember her name, um, which is so rude. She's great in the show. Everybody's really good in the show. Like, I, I so far... I don't know if it, if, it, if it turns bad at some point, but even like Lewis, who Lewis lit, who I didn't really love at the beginning, like he was kind of like, he seems like an asshole. He's grown on me. Like they feel like, and this is my biggest thing that I look for in media is characters. And it sounds basic, but it really is not always a given characters that feel like fully fleshed human beings that you can hate them or question their motivations but still at the end of the day be like that was you know like there are some people that feel like such like characters that feel like such caricatures or like one-toned surface level portrayals of like stereotypes or this and that where you don't like I don't feel like I'm watching somebody or it's it's either not acted very well and it just it, it feels like somebody trying to put on an emotion and not just like you're actually watching people go through experiences. I always had those critiques of shows when I'm watching it. And I don't feel that way about Suits. I think it's, it's very well done. Obviously, it has its dramatic moments and I don't work at a law firm. I've had no real experience with lawyers that I can recall. I don't know much about law and like what that kind of environment is like so maybe that's realistic but i feel like it's probably over or more dramatic than it actually is in in day-to-day life but it like the stakes feel real it feels like it's 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 a very well done show i like most of the characters and the characters that i don't like i at least i have soft spots for them or even the characters that i like i I, like there's not there are a few characters in the show so far obviously like the characters that come in for a couple episodes and then like are revealed to be murderers or something those characters i i don't actually there are a few characters that i'm like i really can't like katrina maybe she gets better but i literally cannot stand katrina she's driving me crazy i cannot stand her and then her being like to rachel a couple episodes ago that i watched (laughs) telling rachel that like she's a paralegal so she needs to like do her job really pissed me off shut up okay shut up i really don't like katrina you know what's funny too i feel like i don't know if the casting department was like similar or maybe this was just like an era of tv where a lot of these actors weren't things but i feel like a lot of the side characters that i'm seeing guest starred on pretty little liars like katrina she she was on pretty little liars she played meredith 
who was like Arya's dad's mistress. There was an, I think, um, Alison De Laurentiis' mother, whose name I can't remember, she was on at some point. Like, just random Pretty Little Liars characters have popped up a few times. I'm like, were the casting departments similar? Was it, like, in the same studio, the same lot? I don't really know what... No, Suits didn't air on ABC Family. So I don't really know. I, I, don't, I don't really know. But, which, it's not... It's called Freeform now, but Pretty Little Liars was on it when it was called ABC Family. Which, weird how things change. Freeform is kind of a random name. But anyways, it's been weird. So, like, I don't know. There are characters I don't like. But, like, Lewis, I really didn't like him. And maybe, like, I really didn't like him. And then, and what, I can't remember if, I, if it was season one or two. But when his cat, Bruno, died, I genuinely, like, wanted to cry. Like, it made me so sad. And I am obviously, like, a cat person at heart. Like, I love, I love cats. That is very emotional for me. I just watched the episode, like literally or before recording this, I just watched the episode where he is like babysitting that other guy's cat who I can't remember his name, but the cat's name is Mikado. He's like babysitting Mikado and then Mikado's owner comes home and he's like, no, like I, I want Mikado. And they do a little mock trial and I'm like, man, this hits so close to home when you when you foster kittens. Not always, but I'm like literally me with Henry where I was like, no, I want to sue for custody. I didn't, obviously. And I keep mentioning my foster kitten. I swear to God, I'm over it. Like I'm not like in my day to day life, like really like in distress about this. It is always just hard. And I think not having that closure, I think once he gets adopted and I know he's like with his like forever family all feel good it's just kind of a weird experience to like foster for a short time and then not be the foster long term which i thought would be the opposite but it's actually like hard like i feel like i'm not cut out for that i, I don't know it makes no sense <laughs> it makes no sense but anyways i really like suits so far i know troyan guest stars later i'm excited for her role i don't know what season she guest stars on but i'm just excited one way or the other i really like mike and rachel's relationship i I'm obviously always, like, anxious about Mike's secret. Like, I'm like, what's going to happen if if they find out? Do they ever find out? Does he ever actually become a lawyer? Finding out in season three, because we didn't know this, at least I don't think. If this was said or introduced or whatever, then I must have missed it. But I didn't know that Mike had, like, applied to transfer to Harvard and gotten in. Like, I didn't know that. I, I think that was introduced in season three. And that just, like, it, it broke. It, it was, like, so emotional. And it was great character building and great, like, I don't know. And then I, I started myself, I started being, like, I hate this Trevor kid who, like, ruined his life. But it's also, like, everything happens the way it has, like, it, it, it was supposed to. And if he had gone to Harvard then he wouldn't have necessarily gotten that job at that time and, and all of these things. It just does suck because I'm like, he is so close to everything he could have wanted and he just like, I don't, Mike Ross really, fe- maybe it's because I, I'm thinking about Percy Jackson a lot and he's an orphan, but I'm like, he just, he, he feels like tortured in so many of the ways that the that the demigods and the heroes in the Percy Jackson series are. Like, he has extraordinary skill, but he's had really negative life circumstances, really negative home circumstances, and he has what I feel like are, are certain fatal flaws in ways that, like, all of the characters in Percy Jackson are written to have certain, like, fatal flaws that are, like, literally, like, Percy has one, his is, like, loyalty. Like, I, I feel like Mike Ross 
has certain flaws and I'm like these are like fatal flaws like this is your Achilles heel you know this is the golden age of something right and we all know we're kidding but like I I feel that way about Mike Ross where I'm like he would fit so well into Perseus <laughs> Mike Ross would be an Athena kid like he is an Athena kid but he's he's great I, I love him I love him so much. I know he leaves at some point because Meghan Markle obviously left and then I think they wrote them out together from my understanding, but hopefully it's not like for them. I, I think it's maybe like the last few seasons. I am, I was a little bit like when I started watching and I obviously like the first character that I really loved was Mike. I was like, how's the show gonna work when he doesn't leave? But I find myself just as engaged with the storylines of the other characters than the other, like then. I like I'm just as engaged with the other characters as I like as I am with Mike's storyline so I'll be I think I'll be fine like I really like Lewis I'm interested in Harvey obviously I love Donna like Donna's such a good character and I'm just I'm very interested in the general law like the format of the show the way it's written I feel like by the time Mike leaves I'll like I'm already invested enough that I want to finish the show and I really want to re- re-watch it already. I'm, like, excited to, to watch it a second time and gather stuff I didn't the first time. And I, I think, for me personally, that really says a lot to me. Like, a lot... When I was doing my 2023 in review, I was like, man, I'm such a hater. I really didn't like a lot of shows. But, like, what I realized was I will watch a lot of things, like, in the moment and I'll enjoy them. Like, they'll be fine. But uh, for me, what makes a show good for me personally i know this is not for everybody and and not every show fits this category like i think there's some shows where i'm like they're great and 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 they're well done and they're well made and i'm not like criticizing them as tv shows but i wouldn't want to rewatch them but i'm just such a chronic re- rewatcher that what makes a show for me be like i love this i think it's so well done is that desire even while i'm watching it to to go back to it to revisit the earlier episodes and to like find more pieces like that is the kind of show that I'm that I come away from being like I really like really really like that show and I think a lot of the shows that I watched last year even though I enjoyed them while I was watching them like Ginny and Georgia Ginny and Georgia is one of those shows I'm never gonna rewatch. I'm never gonna rewatch. season two like seasons one and two never gonna rewatch. if season three comes out will I watch it yes but it's not a show that I feel like ages well for me and and so for me that is just like something that I don't love about about a tv show but you know it did what it was meant to do like my life with Walt, the Walter boys I'm never gonna rewatch that show I really did not think it was good but it was it was it was an easy thing to distract myself while I was watching it I had opinions about the characters I I felt certain ways about the storylines I had critiques I had comments I had praise and like it was it, it it did what it was meant to do but it's not like a show that I particularly am like I loved it because I wouldn't want to revisit it and so I I think what makes Suits like a standout show for me so far is that I really do feel like I'm gonna revisit it like I feel like it has all of the good makings of a good rewatch the storylines are like interesting there's enough intrigue and drama and suspense you care about the characters it's a it the it's really well acted it's well written it's like paced very well like it's just a show that i know i'm gonna rewatch, and i haven't even finished it and i know i'm gonna rewatch it so for me in that capacity it's a good show does that mean that that rewatchability? is like a marker for everybody's opinion on a tv show no it's just a big 
thing for me where the desire to revisit it and the interest in revisiting it after the fact to me matters a lot in in whether I love a show or if it was just okay for me and while I do while I did say that I felt like I was a hater a lot in my 2023 in review episode I I wasn't as much a hater as I was like kind of indifferent to the majority of the shows I watched where I was like I enjoyed it at the time but like in retrospect it was just okay I and then I obviously had certain shows where I was like I just don't think it was good but like yeah so so far I think I'm I love suits I love Lewis I love Donna well Lewis I have like a love-hate relationship with him Harvey I really like but I also feel like I have like a love-hate relationship with him sometimes I really don't like Katrina I really can't explain why she just bothers me every time she's there I love Rachel I love Mike did I already say I loved Mike I don't know but he deserves me saying it twice I like like I I, it's just it's a really uh, how do I feel about Jessica I don't know I don't know how I feel about Jessica I like her I like her as like the managing partner but I feel like we don't know much about Jessica beyond like Harvey we've got in some backstory Rachel we've got in some backstory Donna I feel like we've got in a little bit of backstory at least with her relationship with Harvey I feel like I don't know much about Jessica I know about Jessica getting Harvey the position at this firm but I feel like I like I, I, I they went to college together but I just don't feel like I know much about Jessica yet so I I don't know how I feel about her in terms of her role like at the law firm I, I like her I think she's very balancing presence like she she's great there but I just don't feel like I know enough about Jessica maybe we learn more later maybe we never do and she leaves at some point I truly have no idea I'm going into it blind like the only things I know about suits and I honestly I didn't even know the general premise going into it like I didn't even know that he wasn't a real lawyer like I, I didn't know anything about suits I think I did know actually that he wasn't a lawyer because I think my sister posted like a TikTok fan cam or something and like the caption was like about him being a fake lawyer maybe but I didn't really generally know like the plot of suits um or really anything about the characters I had seen a clip either on TikTok or on YouTube or something or maybe in some documentary about Meghan Markle I don't know where she maybe it was in her documentary because I know at some point in the documentary she talked about how she had a hard time like getting roles and I know a lot of like a good amount of actresses who are like either racially ambiguous or biracial in some capacity have said that like sometimes it's hard to get like roles that really have anything like you get like sometimes you just don't get roles given to you that it or any way factor in I think maybe god I can't remember her name so oh, Simone Kessel I because in Yellow Jackets Gordon Eden was cast first and then when they were casting her older counterpart they wanted to find somebody who had a similar like ethnic background so it wasn't just like inconsistent and I, I read an interview with Simone Kessel where she was like I never really got any characters that were like Pacific Islanders like it was always just like somebody you either like you know and so I, I I think she talked about that in I think Meghan Markle talked about that in her documentary where in Suits it was like they they wrote in the fact that she was biracial and that was like a plot line and I think I had seen the clip where where she's like I, I want to be on this case the 
opposing counsel is my dad and then he's like Robert Zane is your dad and then he's like is it really hard to believe that my father's black and and then Mike goes you're no then Mike goes Robert Zane is black like it was funny I had seen that clip but I really didn't know much about Toot or I hadn't seen much about it so I have no idea what happens here on out like I I do know I had seen that clip of Meghan Markle and I know that they get married that that Mike and Rachel get married that's all I know about suits and I think at some point Lewis Lit becomes a name partner just based off of something I saw but maybe I'm wrong like I I think I've seen like bits and pieces but I genuinely don't know like the general plot line arc so I have no idea what happens. I don't know if Jessica leaves. I don't know. I mean, maybe if Jessica leaves, that would make sense that Lewis becomes a name partner. I just feel like I saw something where they were calling the firm like Lit and Harvey or something. Or no, Harvey is his first name. Lit Spectre or something instead of Pearson Spectre. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I'm going to this blind. I'm on episode like 10 of, of, of season three. I have no idea what happens next, but I'm loving it. Just like McDonald's, even though I don't eat McDonald's. No hate to McDonald's, I'm just a vegetarian and they don't really have many options for me, you know? If I wanna get fast food, I will just go to Taco Bell. But anyways, that's an either here or there. I'm loving suits. The next show that I've been watching that I wanna talk about is the Percy Jackson series, but I'm gonna be very brief about this because I wanna save the majority of my thoughts for my deep dive, but I'm loving it so far. I'm, I'm genuinely loving it. I think the main thing I wanna talk about, and I don't know if I said this because I've talked about the Percy Jackson series like here and there, but when the whole Annabeth casting came out and a bunch of people were being super racist and like horrible to Leah, who is a literal child, which is just crazy. The way some people talk about actors in general is insane, but when it comes to children, it's like you guys really need to like realize that you're talking about literal children, okay? I know that they are portraying characters that you grew up reading and like the characters were your age or maybe like a little bit older when you're reading the book, so it like feels, but, but they're still characters. Uh, they're still actors who are actually that age now and you are no longer that age so like maybe be aware of how you're talking about them okay you're not talking about percy jackson in the book you're talking about like an actor playing percy jackson so anyways <laughs> i like i i've tried very hard not to like like you know you have to be like obviously like they're portraying characters that i really care about and it's a very interesting emotional experience to like read a book when you're like 12 and then watch the series of this book when you're like in your 20s like it's it's a very emotional experience don't get me wrong but i feel like people need to be aware of that but anyways that's neither here nor there when people there was a bunch of backlash about annabeth's casting i was angry from the get-go obviously because people hadn't even seen her and they were just saying based off of her race that she is not a good annabeth and that was really gross to me because she was cast for a reason. The author was said that that she fit the role. They, it was an open casting call. Like a bunch of children from all across the country auditioned. It was just gross to me because it was like because she's black, she can't be the role, which is literally just racist. But I have found myself getting more and more angry about like the hate she's received after watching the show because she is doing such a good job that it makes me so angry that people are still like preferring the movies 
or like the movie portrayal just because that actress was like white because i'm like how can you watch the percy jackson like tv show and not see annabeth chase in her performance like how can you not feel and i never watched the movies but like it really i feel like especially because i read the books when i was around that age and i feel like not that I didn't know I was young, but you really, when you're reading a book like that at like 12, because I, I read it at 12, like the, the first book came out when I was six, but I, I read them once all of the books had come out. Actually, I wasn't 12. I was maybe like 11, 10. I was either nine, 10 or 11. I wasn't 12 yet, I don't think. But anyways, I, I read them, I, I was probably like 10. But anyways, I was around that age. Like I, I, w I was a little bit younger than Percy Jackson or around his age in the, in the first book, like when I was reading it. So it's a different experience, I think, to read it when you're that age and like imagining yourself in those characters and then watch it like as an adult and be like, these are children going through this. Like I knew they were children, but it really hits you differently when you're watching like 12 year olds go through this in a way that I just feel like is so necessary to the story. One is children are watching it because then it's like you see yourself in the character in the way that I did when I was reading it. But as an adult too, it just really puts into perspective. I just, I really don't understand why people are so nasty and like it, at the end of the day it's just racist like you have to look within yourself and be like why do i have such a problem with this with this young girl being this character because i imagined her to be white and blonde like why do you have such an issue with that like she's the right age she portrays the emotions really well like she's so good she she auditioned and she got the job like it just it really bothers me the way people were talking about her and watching it more and more i just get more and more angry because i feel so emotional watching the story that i genuinely like i feel obviously it's when you're adapting something from a book to a tv show or a movie it's never going to be the same thing and i think that is probably some reservation that people have or they're like people um, when you're reading a book you imagine this world in your head and then that is not translated directly to a, a movie or TV show because it can't be. Like, they're different mediums. And that's the beauty of different mediums. Books are something that, that cannot be replicated because we do not currently have the technology to extract the images that you create in your head and project that onto a screen. Maybe one day, like, Black Mirror style, that will be, like, an option where you can read a book and genuinely, like it'll be projected into a movie. I don't know, that sounds scary to me, but at the end of the day, that's not what reading, like reading a book and watching a movie or watching a TV show are two different experiences and they're two different mediums. So I feel like people read a book and then the movie is not exactly how they imagined it and, or the, the TV show is not exactly how they imagined it and therefore they think it's wrong. And it's just like, you are not reading a book, you're watching a TV show. They're different things, let them be different things. They were also created in different, time periods like not like crazy amount of time but like the, the first percy jackson book came out in 2005 it 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 came out almost 10 years ago at this or <laughs> not 10 years ago it came out almost 20 years ago at this point my point is it's been like a, a good amount of time between the the books coming out and the movies it's not going to be exactly the same and i think that's good because stories evolve they grow they change and it's still true to the heart of it and like, I don't know, I, I just think that sometimes people get too honed in on one idea and they can't like let things be just different. And, and they are, they are different. It's still the same story, but it's not gonna be exactly how you imagined it. 
or exactly how you experienced it when you were reading it when you were 12 because you're not reading it and you're not 12 or however old you were when you were reading it. Like, it's not the same thing. And that's okay. And that's beautiful. And that's one of the beautiful things about stories and different mediums that you get to see a story in many different adaptations and different versions of it. And you get to see a, a, a story grow and, and evolve. Something I love about musicals or even just plays, you know, something I love about theater is that the same character will be played by many different actresses. And you, as an actress, or as a viewer watching a different actress, you get to see, like, there are a million iterations of the same story because there are different adaptations and different interpretations. And that's a beautiful thing about a good story, that there is always something new to be found. There's always a different way to tell it. And I just, I don't remember how I got on this tangent, but my point is, that it makes me really sad that people aren't giving it a chance and they aren't letting go of these ex- expectations they had of what exactly it needed to be and because it's not exactly like that they can't enjoy it or they're they're stuck wishing that Logan Lerman could have played Percy Jackson at 12 years old even though like, that wouldn't have made sense and that like it didn't happen like move on you know what I mean like people have these ideas and they get attached to like one specific version of how something was supposed to be in their head that they can't just give what exists right now a chance and I just feel like if they did they would enjoy it it's it's well done it feels very true to the books in my opinion and I'm a big fan of the books like I'm not like somebody who just like doesn't care about the books I literally wrote my senior thesis in English inspired by the Percy Jackson series. It wasn't solely about the Percy Jackson series, but it was about disability and young adult fiction. And I, I used Percy Jackson like as a framework. I talked about Percy Jackson throughout the whole thing and the ways that the other books that I was reading uh, that that talked about disability compared and contrast. And obviously, anyways, that's neither here nor there. But my point is, I care a lot about Percy Jackson. Like I know about the general plot. I, like I, 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 know, I know a lot about Percy Jackson, okay? I really like, I care about it. I feel like I have some kind of valid opinion and knowledge on it. And I, I still gave it a chance, you know, because that's what you should do when things are different mediums. Just give them a chance. It's not going to be exactly the same because it's not exactly the same. And that's okay. That's okay. If you really want the, like, the book come to life, just read the book again. The books aren't going anywhere. It's not disappearing. It's not disappearing. It's just a new version of it, a new iteration, a new actress playing the same role, which I guess is technically true, but I meant it as a metaphor. But anyways, in terms of the actual plot and like characters and all of that, I'm not gonna get into that because I'm saving that for my deep dive. It, it's really funny to, or fun, I guess, to like see people who have not read the books like, guess about the plot of things. That's really fun. I'm really enjoying that. But I, I love it. I genuinely, I love it so far. I'm excited for the rest of it. And I know it was just Walker, um, the actor who plays Percy. I know it was just his birthday. So happy birthday, Walker. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. But if he does, happy birthday. The last show I'm going to talk about is an old show. Like, it, it's old. There's not a new season right now. It's an old show. I randomly started watching Are You The One on MTV. I could not explain to you why. I think I follow Uche and Clinton from season six and I had never seen their season, but I was like, 
I kind of want to watch their season. So then I, I went on Paramount Plus because I have Paramount Plus and I think maybe I had just been watching something else on Paramount Plus and I was like, I want to watch something that's like reality TV that I like don't have to think about. Maybe it was when I was taking my break from Suits or maybe it was a little bit before that. I think it was before that. But at some point I wanted to watch something that, you know what it is, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are like on break. So I just like, I found myself, like I, I, I like watching scripted TV, but a good amount of the time when I'm doing errands or when I'm doing like, not errands, when I'm like doing housework or just like want to be on my phone and not paying that close attention to something, I really like to have something on the back, like in the background that feels either like a conversation or like reality TV. Like, I don't know where obviously reality tv it's not just like all talking but i feel like there's very minimal like b-roll that is important to know i feel like when i'm watching a tv show i'll miss stuff if i'm not like really that focused not always but it's just like i don't know i wanted something that was more in the background that i didn't really have to pay that much attention to what they were like doing just what they were saying and like all of that so i decided to watch are you the one and i had i was like have i seen season one which is so stupid because I had seen season one, but I started watching season one and then I was like, well, I've seen this. So that was even better because I was like, I, I know all of this actually. Like I, I, I didn't remember it super clearly, but I knew the general gist of it. So it was even better because I was like, it's something I can have in the background and there's no, there, there's no question for me at all. Like I already know who the perfect matches are. Like it was fun. I really enjoyed Are You The One Season One rewatching it. I think it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but they put season one on Netflix like a couple of years ago. And then I started watching season six. I started watching season two and I was like instantly not interested. <laughs> like I, I really, I can't explain why. I was just not interested. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna skip straight to Jay and Clinton's season. And then maybe I'll, I'll bop around. And I, I'm almost done with season six. I took a break to start watching Suits again or start, I don't remember why I took a break. Maybe I, I've just been living my life listening to old podcast episodes of, of shows that i haven't sometimes i'll just re-listen i'll like go back and, and watch old podcast episodes of, of podcasts that i like like i just you know maybe i've just had a lot going on i really could i really couldn't tell you but i don't remember what i was saying oh i, I so I, I watched season one in its entirety and then i was like let me watch season six i'm almost done with it like i just i haven't watched the reunion yet because it's not on paramount plus but i got to the end and I wanted to watch it because I knew of Uche and Clinton and I've been following them for a while, but I'd never really, I'd never watched their season. I knew they were not a perfect match. So I went into it with that knowledge. I was not going to be devastated when they were not a perfect match. It worked out. They, they got married. They're happy together. The no match science is confusing. I started wondering though, while I was watching, are, like, are you the one if the scientists or the matchmakers or whoever, because they, you never see them. There's a show called Married at First Sight that I never finished a full season of because like it just slows down so much at the end. Like at some point it's like just cut 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 the crap, okay? Like it's so boring at some point. I've never gone through a full season. Maybe it's good, but I would genuinely like I would get to a point and I would just skip to the end to find out if they if they stayed married and got divorced. But in all of that anyways, in Married at First Sight, you meet the, like, matchmakers. You meet the people who, like, decide that person A and person B are going to be married at first sight. You meet those people. And are you the one you have no idea? It's like, who who decided this? I, you have no idea. You have no idea into the insight. It's not really explained. The people are just kind of like, it makes sense. 
that they're my perfect match because this or that but there's no outside insight it's just all on them like there's no oh you guys were a perfect match because of this or you're not a match because of this like they can sometimes be like i can tell why we're not a match and other people will be like i can tell why we're not a match but there's never much explanation on why people are chosen as perfect matches but i have this theory and i don't know how true this is but i feel like the matchmakers probably know that like when they're pairing people and deciding who's going to be on a cast it's probably not just like these couples are like the only ones that are compatible in any capacity i think they can like they probably know these this person might have a few people they're interested in to make it a little bit more difficult like they're not going to just give 10 couples to the people who are like exactly and i think the premise of that of that is like sometimes it's not who you want but what you need and yada 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 so maybe like on some level they the other people you would be compatible with or just like people that wouldn't be good for you but you think you would want i don't know but i i just feel like they have to pair people like there can't just be one person that you're compatible with when there are multiple seasons of no matches and yeah to some capacity some of those no matches are just like physical attraction and maybe it is just wanting what you are used to but is not good for you but i feel like sometimes the no matches are like genuine connections while the actual matches because i think what it proves to me personally is that that kind of chemistry is not something that you can like quantify or put on paper and obviously like as a person in a relationship after like or as like a person after going through different relationships or just like learning your wants and your needs you can obviously have some kind of criteria or at least idea of what kind of things would be like good for you in a partnership like i'm not saying that there's nothing that you can have like on paper but i think when it comes to like a spark or a connection that's not something that you can necessarily predict by being like this person has all these things that would make a good partner for me on paper because at the end of the day if you don't have that chemistry you don't have that spark you don't have that attraction then all those things on paper don't mean anything it just means you know (laughs) so i think are you the one just proves that because sometimes the the perfect matches work and it is somebody that you're very compatible with and sometimes it's just like maybe on paper we're good but like are we good beyond that not really so anyways i'm not done with season six but i feel like i feel like that way a lot like sometimes it's like clearly there's no attraction just because on paper you would be compatible emotionally are you the one that the one season that i had that i watched live was and you know what's funny i had seen argue the one second chances or something which was like a competition where you're paired up with your perfect match and i and i had seen that season before i'd ever seen any season of are you the one but then the first season i watched and i can't remember what season i don't know if they only ever did one but i watched a season of that and shanley was on there and so i knew who shanley was before i watched season one because i had seen her on that so i knew who her perfect match was when i watched season one for the first time i i knew that shanley's perfect match was that adam guy because i saw him i saw them compete in that that competition together like i knew it wasn't chris going into the season but i knew of her from that and i you know what's funny i don't remember anybody else from that season i just remember her the first season of argue the one that i watched live like in real time while it was airing and i think the only one i have actually watched in real time while it was airing was season eight when they did the all queer cast that was the only one i watched live and it was so stressful because they had a blackout and then they didn't like they they didn't get 
it all until the finale. So I was watching that live and I was like, they're gonna lose. No hate to them. It was just statistically a lot more difficult to figure out if everybody is possibly your perfect match. It's way harder to figure it out. But that, that season was really good. And that was the one season that I watched like live. And I, I really enjoyed the structure. Like I think it's such a good, I wish, this is such a random thought, but like Game of Roses, love them. They very much, their whole like thesis on The Bachelor is that it's a game, like that it's a professional sport and they analyze it through the game. And when they've covered Love is Blind and other shows, they always talk about it like in the game aspect. And I'm like, I wish that they would cover Are You the One? Because I think it's such an interesting game because it's literally a game like the the structure is the game so there are some people who go into it very strategically and are like i want the money i don't fucking care but then there's also people who are like i want this relationship like i don't care about the money and then there's people who i feel like balance it well where they're like i, I i'm here to form a real relationship but i also like want to be a team player and play the game like i don't know it's a really interesting dynamic because at the end of the day like the goal is to find your perfect match but if you find a connection and you leave happy shouldn't that be more important than the money, you know? So it's like these people who are no matches and then get all this backlash in the house for continuing to pursue that. To me, that never made sense because I would be like, look, if you have a real connection, you have a real connection. Like at this point, like this, we came here because we want to find love and we also want to hopefully win money. But if you have a real connection that you could feel like deep into something just because on paper you're told that you're not a quote-unquote perfect match, it doesn't mean that you will be a perfect match. This isn't a science, especially they're on season six when Uche and Clinton are there. Shanley and, and Chris, they were season one. Okay, it's a bit more new. They don't know anything. But it's like when you're like five or six seasons into the show, I'd be like, how many of the perfect matches like lasted and like were genuinely a match? That doesn't mean anything just because out of these people, that person is the one that some team of matchmakers that we've never met and we have no idea their credentials <laughs> say is your perfect match on paper. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. I'd be like, look, I want to find my perfect match, obviously. But if you have a real connection, you have a real connection. As long as you're not like closed off to the game and not open to like, like the only way that I think continuing to pursue a no match is really like a bad thing is if you just keep like picking them at the ceremony or something like if you're still strategizing and you're still like talking to people and being like i think on paper this could be my perfect match why is there such a desire to break up the no match couples like you guys just hate love <laughs> like clinton and uche are still together you haters although honestly they, they weren't that they clinton and uche they were not haters to them so for the most part there were some people who were haters but like i i think clinton and uche like they they saw how much everybody thought that they were the one beam that they had that week but then it wasn't it was it was i don't remember her name <laughs> but that girl who like she picked i think his name is michael <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't I only remember Uche Glinden. But there was a there was a girl in season six who like in week two or something, she picked this guy named Michael. Maybe her name's Kara, I think. Something with a K. But she picked this Michael guy, and everybody's like, oh my god, they're not a match. They got one beam that week. And it was it was her. So she she saved them half the money. I'd, I I would feel so good if I was her. I'd be like, you guys owe me that check. Like without me. And my delusions, quote unquote, they never called it delusions, but like hypothetically, you know, 
But anyways, it's a good show. Like genuinely, if you are somebody who likes competitive reality TV and also likes dating reality TV, like I think it's such an interesting show because the whole strategy is like trying to find your perfect match. And I feel like it it brings up a lot of interesting conversations about like compatibility and like being matched with somebody on paper doesn't necessarily translate to a real romantic connection. Like, I don't know. It's a very interesting show for if you're a fan of like that kind of thing of like watching romance shows from a more like strategic standpoint it's a very interesting show i really like it i think there are only nine seasons i don't know they're not all they're not all on paramount plus i didn't realize that but they're not all on paramount plus so i will watch all the seasons that are on paramount plus and that's it i don't know if they're on anything else but i'm not gonna pay for them oh i am gonna finish season six then I'll probably either start from the beginning, I'll go backwards and I'll watch nine and I'll rewatch eight and then I'll watch the rest that are on there because I know eight and nine are on there and maybe there have been more seasons, but I feel like it ended after nine, but I don't really know. I really, I really don't know. I will, one of my, one critique is that they did, they did reunions for, I don't think they did them for all seasons. I don't want to say that for a fact, but they, they did them for a good amount of the seasons, if not all of them. And the, the season eight, the queer season didn't have a reunion. What's up with that MTV? What's up with that? But anyways, that's all I have to say for this episode of the Emmy Awards. Hopefully it's a decent length, but if not, that doesn't matter because this it's just fun. That's it. That's the goal of this podcast is to have fun. But thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please Follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. Turn on notifications. If you're listening to this on YouTube when it goes live there in a couple of months, please like and subscribe. Turn on your bell notifications. Share this with a friend. Rate and review. Do all the good stuff that you would do for a podcast that you enjoy and you want to help grow in any capacity. That would mean a lot to me. But even even if you don't and you just listen to this, that means a lot to me too. And thank you so much. It, it really it means a lot. And you will hear from me next weekend. Bye, guys.